Hello and welcome to How to Start Up, a podcast for anyone starting a company. This is a collection of conversations with people who have all successfully started, run and even sold their own companies, sharing not only professional but personal experiences on what we should be doing now, next or never. Today we hear from Sadie Reid, founder of digital health and wellness magazine Hip and Healthy and co-founder of women's sustainable luxury loungewear brand Lux and Hardy. Having previously worked at Condé Nast, Sadie founded Hip and Healthy in January 2012 to inspire readers to become the best versions of themselves. Now regarded as the UK's premier online health and wellbeing platform, she shares with us some advice about how to define success and also how to take care of yourself whilst you're starting a company. Hi Sadie, thank you so much for your time today on How to Start Up. It is great to have you. It would be wonderful if you could start with a brief introduction as to who you are and a little bit about the company you started. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me. My name is Sadie Reed. I founded Hip and Healthy. I founded it 10 years ago now and Hip and Healthy is an online health and well-being magazine. And then I also founded another or co-founded another company called Lux and Hardy as well, which is a luxury restwear brand. <laughs> and when did you start the second business? Oh golly, that's a really good question. I'm not really good with years, if I'm honest, but it was when I had my second baby. So that was 2018. You're running two companies? Not really anymore, if I'm honest, because my co-founder, who's someone we actually brought into the company later, Celia, she now runs Lux and Hardy, which was something that needed to happen. I, I couldn't run two businesses, if I'm honest, and have two kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was going to say that's a lot and two successful businesses as well, because I think a lot of people say that don't plan for failure, plan for success. And if it's, if it's successful, you're busier. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. <laughs> What was it behind starting Hip and Healthy? So the Hip and Healthy sort of origin story begins when I was actually working at Condé Nast. And I have always wanted to work in magazines. So since I was about 17 years old, I knew I wanted to work in magazines. I was really lucky like that, which allowed me then to sort of do a degree that was in English because I knew that that would help me hopefully get into magazines. And throughout doing my degree, I was doing internships in different magazines in the hope that I would be able to enter one of these magazines when I finished my degree. I thought it was going to be easier than it was to get into magazines. And it was difficult. And so in the end, I had to, at that point, start up my own magazine at that point, which wasn't hip and healthy. It was actually something else called Health Henley. Oh, really? <laughs> and it was this really little sort of publication, which I did all the content for, sold all the advertising for and printed it. And it was all around health in the area of Henley on Thames, which is where I was living at the time with my father. God, it was a very steep learning curve I'm sure. <laughs> into starting your own business. And off the back of that, I got my job at Condé Nast, actually, where I was for about five years. And about three years into it, maybe three and a half years into it, I got the opportunity with my boyfriend, although now he's my husband, to go to Hong Kong. And when I was in Hong Kong, I said to Condé Nast, can I have a six-month sabbatical? And they said, yeah, fine. And when I was out there, I sort of repositioned myself as a health and fitness writer at that point. So I did some writing for the South China Morning Post and a magazine out there called Asia Spa. And I absolutely loved it. And I thought, oh my God, I just want to do this all the time. And so that was where I thought, this is crazy. Because back in the UK, we didn't actually have a health publication that I really believed in. Because I wasn't focused on calorie counting. I wasn't focused on aesthetics. I'm really not like, (laughs) 
you know, if you can see me now, I'm sitting here in a hoodie and my hair is just scraped back and I'm actually wearing my kids' headphones because um, I can find <laughs> headphones that worked with my computer. They are very beautiful headphones. Though. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I, I just thought I'm going to have to set up my own thing where my perspective of wellness, which felt slightly different from the UK market and was more aligned, if I'm honest, with something more like the LA market and the American market out there at the time, which was a little bit more progressive. So yeah, I set I set up Hip and Healthy when I was living in Hong Kong. And when I came back to Condé Nast, I told them, and of course they just said, well, it's totally fine. It's just sort of a hobby on the side, which at that point it really was. And I sort of did the two jobs alongside each other until I really worked out that Hip and Healthy had legs and there was a need for it and people were responding really nicely to it. And I, I went out and did my own thing. And given that you were juggling two jobs, at what point did your gut tell you, right, I'm going to put all my eggs in one basket, in my own basket? There wasn't a point. It was almost like I knew that was going to happen at some point. I was always working towards that, I think. And it never felt risky or brave or anything. I think it actually sort of felt braver to have stayed at Condé Nast, where I I loved it. Oh, my God. And I learned so much. And I was so grateful for my experiences at Condé Nast because they really built me and who I am as a business person and and there I sort of carried a lot of what I learned from Condé Nast into Hip and Healthy and I really used that but I think I always wanted to be my own boss my parents had always been their own bosses in my sort of growing up I was never modeled that thing of a nine to five job in our household and therefore it just felt really natural. And it was the week that I was getting married. I just thought it's a really nice clean break. And I just said, I'm going to leave this week when I get married. And they were like, great, that's totally cool. (laughs) And you've not looked back, which is fantastic. (laughs) I've not looked back, no. If somebody's sitting on the fence about starting a company, I mean, we've recently seen there's a 14.7% increase in people starting companies on 219 numbers, which is really exciting. But if somebody's not quite sure about leaving the world of employment behind and going out on their own, what advice would you give them? A great thing that I did for me was doing the two alongside each other for some time, because although it's really hard work, you're sort of moonlighting in your own business as soon as you finish the nine to five that you've got. I do think it helps you come to that decision of just, does this really have legs? Is this going to be able to support me when I leave my full-time job? And you've come to that decision with a little bit more confidence, I guess. But The other thing that I always say is just don't doubt yourself. I think we all suffer from imposter syndrome and think, what the hell am I doing? Like, who am I to be doing this? And also when I, when I left Condé Nast to do Heaven Healthy, it was a fraction of the size that it is now, not saying that it's huge now, anything like that. And we've still got a long way to go, but I felt like, oh my God, what what if it doesn't work? (laughs) And I think that I wasn't scared of failure. Failure doesn't really scare me only because I I kind of think failure is just the best way of learning anyway. And we're all going to fail in life at some things. And I don't really, I didn't really mind what people thought if I did fail, if I'm honest. But I know that failure does scare a lot of people. And I'd really just urge everyone to see failure in a very different light, which is, it is sometimes the only way to learn and actually progress really and and to succeed (laughs) at the end. So totally embrace it. Be completely fine with the fact it's going to be part of your every day. Mm. I think someone said to me, he's like, oh no, every day you fail, you just learn how to do it better the next day. (laughs) And as long as you're fine with that, you'll be fine. I was like, this is scary. But actually, once you've done it once and overcome it, it's sort of you rip the bandaid off and realize it's actually not that scary. Yeah, just accept it's part of your day to day. And also, 
no one's looking until you ask them to look at what you're doing. No one knows. And no one really cares either. I think we all think that, you know, everyone is watching what we're doing and in the way that we're watching what we're doing. And that if we were to fail, it would be very embarrassing because everyone would know about it. And no one would actually really care because they're so concerned with their own lives. But also, they probably just want to be supportive and try and help you succeed. So I just honestly think you've just got to be brave enough to fail. And if you can fail quickly, obviously, everyone says just do that. That's probably a much easier thing than failing slowly. Yeah. I, have, I have definitely done some things at Hip and Healthy where we have failed really slowly. Oh, really? A lot of people I've noticed are like, oh, but Jules, you're doing really well. I'm like, you've not seen my budget spreadsheet. How do you know what well is? And it, every time someone says it, because I was like, oh, I was working till one o'clock last night. I look at them and go like, define well. And I keep asking them, it's like, well, it seems like you're doing really well. And I was like, am I just doing my own PR really well or putting stuff on LinkedIn really well? What does success look like to you? In all honesty, success has changed so much. My view of success has changed so much over the last 10 years since Hip and Healthy started. When Hip and Healthy first started, um, I wanted to create a digital publishing house where we have several different magazines under our umbrellas. Now, I really felt like I was not going to be successful until I had achieved this goal. And it was hugely brilliant. And lots of people knew about it. And I was this amazing woman who had created this fantastic thing in publishing. And I really had this vision for that. I still have a vision for that. But that's not how I view success at all anymore. For me, success is about balance. And I realized over the past 10 years and having a couple of kids and colleagues having children and things like that, that really success is feeling happy and balanced. And like you're spending enough time with your family as well as spending enough time on your career. And it's not going to be the same every single day. But I look at it in a, as a week. So if I look at my week, and I think, oh, God, I'm in London all week, and I'm not going to see the kids for most of this week. And it makes me feel really unbalanced and unhappy. And I feel unsuccessful in that week, I feel like I haven't done my job as a mum or whatever. And then I'll look at another week. And if I'm just with the kids, when this often happens when like half term comes along, and I haven't sorted proper childcare, and I'm literally going, Oh, my God, (laughs) what am I going to do? And then I start panicking and thinking, Oh, my God, I feel hugely unsuccessful as a boss and as a business leader and as and as someone who is at the helm of growing a company, I, I really feel like success for me is about balance. And actually, if that balance didn't fit in, if I find that going after the dream of creating a digital publishing house actually interferes with my family life too much, I won't, I will have to change the dream because success for me is just about balance now. And actually, one of the things that we've done recently is we've gone down to a four day work week, which has been brilliant. It has not changed productivity, efficiency at all. We are all doing just the same amount of work. And of course, there are the occasional, oh, do you mind if I call you on Friday lunchtime situations? That's amazing. So you still sort of nine to six, four days a week, not doing longer days on the four days? Well, so we actually, we have flexi working as well. In answer to your question, this has been the most successful thing I think we've ever done, which is the team and myself included, we all feel so much happier because we have flexi working. So you can fit in your exercise when you want, fit in whatever you're going to do and whatever you whatever you need to do around your work. And your work can also fit in around your time at home. And 
So it's, there's no sort of nine to six even. I quite often will get emails from one of my colleagues between seven and nine in the morning most of the time because her baby <laughs> is yeah. up at that point. But also her husband can help with the baby before he goes to work. So she's sort of tapping away on her computer and getting stuff done before he goes to work. And then he goes and there's a couple of hours before the baby has a nap. So is it more a case of output as in as long as the job gets done, it doesn't actually matter how long it takes? Totally. And I just feel so much more successful in allowing us all to have balance. And yeah, it's really allowed us to do that. So my view of success has hugely changed. That's amazing. Because I think for me, I've had 20 years of being indoctrinated of you must be at a certain place at a certain time. And I quite like structure because if I feel like I've carved out this time for this and this time for that, I've done my best. And I actually track my time because I get to the end of the day, I'm like, what have I done today? So to know that it's that gut feeling of that piece of work is delivered, that's enough. That's really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. What area have you had to learn the most about in becoming your own boss? Oh, that is a good question. (laughs) I'd like to say accountancy, but I'm still pretty rubbish at that. Like, as in seriously rubbish at that. (laughs) But I've probably had to improve the most on my numeral skills. What have I had to learn the most? Oh, I tell you, the one thing that I was a surprise to me as becoming your own boss was the amount of time put into making sure that that new team is working well together, that you are nurturing them, that they are feeling like they're doing well, that they have clear targets. I did not realize the amount of time and energy that I needed to put into that. That was a real shock to me. And I had to get pretty good at that pretty quickly. That's such a good point. Because I found that you're bringing somebody in, you invest not just money, which is incredibly precious at the beginning, but time, which is more precious than anything. And when it doesn't work out, I found it really disappointing, but slash relieving when we pull the pin and realize it's not working for either of you. Mm. But that time element, like how do you find time? How do you create extra hours in the day? Do you have like efficiency hacks? God, I wish there was a way to create extra hours in the day. Where's the magic wand? (laughs) So after I put the kids to bed, I go back to work, essentially. I'm using inverted commas here because I also put some trashy TV on in the background. So it makes me feel like I'm working, but I'm relaxed about it. (laughs) This isn't like hard work. (laughs) There's some sort of trashy TV going on in the background. My laptop's on the kitchen table or on my lap. And I'll be just responding to emails quite often because my emails will build up throughout the day if I've got meetings and things like that. And I haven't been able to respond to any of them because I've also learned the lesson. Don't respond on the fly. As in, when you are on the go, if you respond to something really quickly, I will nearly always miss something. So true. Whoever it is that's emailed me will say, yes, but you haven't really answered my question. I'm like, shit, I haven't. Um, So you double handle it. So it's better off waiting. Totally. You just wait, do it properly when you get home. And so... Yeah, so I I often work after the kids go to bed. And my husband, he works up in London during the week. And we live out in the countryside now. That's been a really nice life change recently. And due to COVID, allowed us to do this because we got rid of our office. We went to flexi working. We went to four days a week. And so we now live in the countryside. And he works in London and stays up there. And it allows me to, for three nights of the week, it's just kids go to bed, I go back to work. And I don't mind it at all. It doesn't feel horrible or anything. It's just fun, actually. I enjoy it. Given that you are a health and wellness expert and you're tapped into many, many different areas of that, is there anything that you'd advise founders to be conscious of when it comes to their health and work? Mostly just the balance element. Actually, this is more speaking. So my husband, who works very hard as a lawyer, 
he often suffers from burnout and I've never suffered from it myself but I think it comes from when he does long periods of work with very disrupted sleep because he's not sleeping well or he's got young children and they wake us up at night and he doesn't eat properly during the day and I I see it it's a pattern and I often think oh god I wonder how many other people have this so when you're working really really hard and you're not sleeping that great at night, especially if you've got young kids. Because I always think, I was like, oh, but you've got to sleep well. And that's like, that's the worst advice if you've got kids under the age of five, because you're going to be waking up anyway. And of course, sleep is really important, but there are just sometimes no way around broken night sleep. I'd say eating well during the day to fuel yourself with po- proper yeah. food is just so important. And drinking lots of water. Because I quite often see that Nick, my husband, will get really burnt out when he's completely paid no attention to what he's eating Mm. and what he's fueling himself with and when you're doing late nights or you're working really hard and you're high stress you actually need to be fueling yourself with proper food I think yeah there's no way around it really you just have to look after yourself a bit if you are in those high stress situations and then give yourself a break allow yourself to go do you know what I worked really bloody hard last week and actually this week I'm just going to take my foot off the pedal a little bit I'm just yeah, I'm really all about just a little bit of balance, a little bit of sort of recalibration, I think is so important. Otherwise, I mean, why are we doing it otherwise, really? Yeah. It's not really that fun, is it? <laughs> well, no, when you, especially when you look at sort of how good it was on someone else's salary with paid sick leave or annual leave. Mm. And I kick myself on that front, not not doing that enough when I was employed by someone else. <laughs> Any last golden nugget pieces of advice that you'd like to share with listeners? take your annual leave (laughs) take nice holidays and the thing is if you're doing what you love and you have to do a little bit of work with your weight you won't feel like you have to do it you'll feel like you want to do it anyway because you'll be doing your passion but do take the time out to spend time with your friends or your family or just yourself I think it is so important that we do have these breaks in our year where the annual leave is recognized and if you can go completely off email and things like that we at Hip and Healthy have been in danger in the past of when people go on holiday everyone just still sort of emails and things like that and it doesn't matter everyone loves what they do and obviously I'm speaking for my team now I hope they love what they do and I love what I do and I find it very easy to just go onto emails and I want to do it and that's fine but I think it is also really important to take breaks proper breaks I think it's important amazing thank you Sadie that's been so useful and really interesting to chat to you about all things hip and healthy I really appreciate your time thank you (laughs) if you'd like to contact Sadie you can find all of her details in the show notes along with a recap of the advice that she has so kindly shared thank you for listening to how to start up I hope these conversations offer you some confidence, encouragement and reassurance that you're on the right track. If you enjoy this podcast, I'd be so appreciative if you were to rate, review and subscribe as it will really help other people starting a company discover it. 